0: The way that I envision my relationships now is it this just came to me. It feels like a cosmic hierarchy.
1: If you're happy with the
2: same old ways of dating, if
0: you enjoy sucking at communication,
2: and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you.
0: But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself,
2: or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily,
0: And I'm Dedeker.
2: And this is the Multi Amory Podcast. Fun! On this episode of the Multiamory podcast, we're talking about what hierarchy means to each of us.
0: Yeah. So hierarchy, that's a big one. That's a word that gets tossed around all the time in poly mm-hmm. circles. Uh, definitely. Yeah. You know, is it okay? Is it not okay? Is it healthy? Is it not healthy? Is it toxic? Um, we've definitely talked about hierarchy before on this show. We've talked about different types of hierarchy, you know, the whole prescriptive descriptive thing, or, you know, building relationships that don't have any hierarchy. Um, So we wanted to revisit it and specifically rather than trying to give our listeners just a rundown of the basics and like what we think are best practices, um, we wanted to share a little bit more of our personal experience because the thing is that I think that what I see a lot when people are talking about hierarchy or when hierarchy tends to turn toxic, for me, I find that it's the direct product of um, basically not examining your relationship Um, So, like, Mm -hmm. I I think of it as, like, unexamined hierarchy is possibly the most dangerous or can cause the most damage, I think. Mm. Um, Well, it's like
1: hierarchy, yeah, that's just there because you expect, okay, that's the way that it's supposed to be or that's the way it's always been.
0: Right. Or even when people do decide, like, we want this particular type of hierarchy... Like that, you know, deciding and then never checking back in on that, you know, never Mm -hmm. examining, is this still working for us? Does this still make us happy? Are we still clear on why we're doing this? Have those reasons changed, you know, stuff like that. And to be honest, like my whole thing right now is just examining everything, you know, like, like examining your sexuality, examining what your dating preferences are, examining your political views. Like I'm really Mm -hmm. into, uh, picking up everything out of your life and, uh. I guess uh, putting it under the magnifying glass to a certain extent, and even if that doesn't mean it changes, it may not change, but still, putting it through the process of examining it and checking back in. So that's what's inspired yeah. me today. And you were giving me a face earlier.
1: No, just I was, uh, I was wondering about your political views. You examining that, and so I was like, "Mrrr."
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, th- it's I think it's a, really important. Yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, I think that my political views haven't changed well i don't know sometimes they certain parts of my political views have changed quite a bit over the last five-ish years or so um and it's not it's not quite this broad stroke thing of like i switched from this political party to that political party it's more nuanced it's more of like the way i felt about this issue has changed over time um Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, it's just that. And also just examining, like, how have my political feelings been formed? Like, what influences them? What makes me change my mind about something? Where am I building my opinion? You know, what am I basing my opinion on? Is it just on looking at headlines on Facebook or Hmm, whatever? Um, So just that is all.
1: No, that's good. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think since the three of us have been in any way polyamorous, like hierarchy has been a big question and a big decision and has changed and and we've had like all of these different experiences with it. So we kind of decided with this to divide the episode into three different parts where two of us are going to actually interview the other one about their experiences and their views on hierarchy, which I think is a really interesting way to go. But Mm -hmm. um, all three of us sort of have different viewpoints. When it comes to this, and I think that it'll be fun to, like, have some clarification and and sort of, like, see three people who have been involved in this for years and kind of what this means to them. And hopefully it'll, it'll like, be a swath of what the demographic is or just, like, mm. what polyamorous people believe because not everyone is going to have the exact same viewpoint by any means. Yeah. And, like, the three of us won't either. Yeah. So. Great. So first
2: up. Is, Oh, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) I get to be
1: in the spotlight first. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. I like it. All right. So have
2: a seat here in the interview chair.
0: Okay. Here I am in the interview chair. Are you going to put a flashlight in my face?
2: Uh, Yeah. I was thinking, yeah, shine the lamp on you like a police interrogation would be good. Yeah. Um, Or like make you sit inside of a fern or something like that.
0: Inside of a fern? Like do on, mean? wait,
2: you mean... Like on between two ferns? The well, Zach that's between, that is
0: literally between two ferns. That is not inside. Yeah. No, one of the
2: things he would do is like set up the other person's chair so that the fern is like... In front of the right. Front, and they're having okay. to like... That's true. Fight their way out of the fern. That is true. That's okay,
0: true. that
1: is what you meant. I it was, was like, just, as a fern like a yeah.
2: thing that can I is actually, used for interrogation? This, this since, was just a deeper cut than you guys were expecting. Yeah, it was. But no, since we're yeah. going that
0: deep, since I'm the one in the interview chair first, can I have it be more like inside the actor's studio where you both our uh twin James liptons multiple liptons so <laughs> asking, james lipton asking what is it that what is your name? favorite word yes what's your favorite <laughs> what's your favorite sound
1: yeah perfect okay if heaven exists what exactly. will god say to you at the pearly gates okay
0: just do that but just with questions about hierarchy hit me i'm ready
2: okay emily take oh the god, first one oh here god. What is your definition
1: of hierarchy? <laughs> I don't think you're no, actually that's gonna not commit. It exactly. Was really no, that's good. I can't really find him. No, I no. I haven't no. listened to Actor Studio in years, but no, okay. this is my spin on him. That's great.
0: Okay. What is my definition of hierarchy in general? And I'm I'm gonna assume that we're gonna cut just cut straight to the chase and be talking about hierarchy as it relates to relationships. Yeah. yeah? yeah. Okay. Okay. My definition of hierarchy is um, a kind of pecking order, as it were that, uh, people set up in their lives either intentionally and consciously or very unintentionally and unconsciously. Um, I think it's possible to do both. And I think that pecking order most traditionally is handed down to us that, you know, first things first needs to be your romantic partner and maybe then your kids or some people, you know, kids and romantic partner kind of hit the same slot. And then next slot down from that is, what maybe family members? Then next slot down from that is maybe close friends, and then less close friends, and then coworkers, and then like a random schmuck on the street, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's kind of like the social hierarchy in our own personal lives that we adhere to, I suppose, in order to keep things organized. I think when you start getting into the realm of non-monogamous relationships that then hierarchy starts to become, I guess, the same. It's a pecking order of, like, who is the most important to you? You know, who do you have the most life entanglements with? Uh, you know, who do you feel, like, the most in love with? You know, I mean, I always get that question about my partners. is like, okay, mm. but really, who's your favorite? <laughs> you know, right. um, because people love knowing exactly what the social hierarchy is. So,
2: Well, I'm going to ask a little sub-question. Like, why do you think that is? Why do you think everyone wants to know,
0: wants to know? that? Uh, And when you say
1: everyone, what do you mean by that? What is, who are these everyones?
0: (laughs) Jeez, jeez, you Lipton's, you. (laughs) Um, Everyone. Um, Okay, sorry. The everyones that I was referring to, I guess I should have been more specific, is usually people where the concept of polyamory is relatively new to them. Um, and we're in a conversation where they're kind of trying to figure out and try to understand what my life is. So that's when I usually get that question of like, no, really, who's your favorite? Um, literally one time, one person asked me like, so if you had to let one of your partners die, which one would like, it be?
2: Like, like in the Good sun and even like holding I sw- them both off a cliff, and you've got to choose which one to let go of.
0: Basically. Um, jeez. No, and I was like, jeez, like, and I threw, I threw the question back at him. I was like, so if you had to let both your parents, or like one of your parents, die, which one would you pick? Um, my
1: father, absolutely. Jeez. Okay.
0: <laughs> gosh. Um, well, this person who was asking me this. But that's easy. I, Come on. Oh my goodness, Emily. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to bring it back around to what yeah, we were yeah, talking yeah. about. Okay, so I answered Emily's question. What was your question, your sub-question again?
2: I was just, why Why do you think people ask that?
0: Why do people ask that? Um, I think we're very much, well, obviously we live in this, you know, monogamous default culture where it's like, there's got to be one person. Like, there's definitely one person who's the most important. There's the one person that you love the most. And, you know, this assumption that everyone should be on the hunt for that. One person. Um, mm. And I think also, even in a lot of the examples that we see in film and TV, even of like love triangles, for instance, like it always works out that like, oh, no, she's got to pick one or he's got to pick one, mm. right? One person is going to win out as the real one who, you know, she was meant to be in love with all along. So that's why I think that is.
2: That's interesting. I wonder because, yeah, that is that love triangle setup is a pretty typical one, but it always has that resolution of like which one's the real one though. Mm. And the, the secret was they knew it all along. So yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so what kind of hierarchy then do you currently practice? I'm not, I can't do the James Lipton voice, so that'll <laughs> okay. just be that's Emily. All right.
0: That's all right. Uh, what kind of hierarchy do I currently practice? So I think that's an interesting question because it, it, implies and I think a little bit truthfully that there's no way to have zero hierarchy in your life whatsoever. Um, Mm. And that's maybe a controversial statement, but I think even people who identify as relationship anarchists, and I know myself, I definitely try as hard as I possibly can to apply relationship anarchy principles to my life. Um, You know, even relationship anarchists, like as we try to explain all the time, it's not about keeping every single relationship equal, um, like that there is fluctuation. So, The way that I envision my relationships now is it, this term just came to me, it feels like a cosmic hierarchy. And what I mean by that is it feels like there's these these kind of different spheres of influence, like different orbits, if you will, where it's like... For instance, I thought you were getting
1: real transcendental.
0: (laughs) Oh, you know me. You know me. Exactly. Um, Exactly. Where I feel like in the orbit that feels closest to me are like my two partners, Jason and Alex. And then a little bit out from that is like a relatively newer partner that I started seeing like maybe six months ago or so. And then that also includes like really, really close friends. And my thing is that as someone who also is trying to be a relationship anarchist, I'm also trying to examine and trying to bring, like, more of my close friends closer into that fold instead of kind of defaulting to, you know, like, my two romantic partners being, like, the most most important people or the most people that I talk to the most or stuff like that. Um, so, I guess long story short is... <laughs> I try as hard as possible to stay away from, like, a strict primary-secondary hierarchy specifically, Um, but I am aware of the fact that, like, there is a spectrum in my life uh, that is kind of spread between my partners, friends, and family members of, like, people that I feel more intimate with versus people that I don't.
1: Mm. What's been a painful experience you've had with Hierarchy? <laughs>
0: That's really <laughs> good. Spring, yeah. Let's sprinkling in the Sean Connery a little Just bit a touch. to the James Lipton, but I kind of like that hybrid. I'm bringing
1: him back. I don't know. It's been a while. Okay. That's true. That was
2: like one, I think maybe the first oh, voice yeah, that was, that was, was ever OG. done. Yeah. Was okay. that your, wow. your heart chooses him, <laughs> but your will chooses me, yeah, or whatever something it was. Yeah, like that. Um, yes. Okay,
0: a painful experience I've had with hierarchy. Um, definitely several, I would say. And I would mm-hmm. say most people who have read my book know that, uh, you know, a lot of the lessons that I learned around hierarchy were very painful. Um, and I think ironically i feel like a lot of people that i hear about like who share their personal stories like their painful story that has to do with hierarchy is when they were a secondary partner and they felt Mm -hmm. like they couldn't get access or couldn't get like the amount of intimacy that they wanted with this other partner because that partner had a primary um and i actually feel like my experience with hierarchy was the opposite in that Like, I kind of adhered to hierarchy and became someone's primary partner, thinking that it was going to solve all the problems in that relationship. Like, thinking that once I got the title of primary, then I would no longer feel insecure and that, Hmm. you know, everything would be great and that I would just feel super, super validated and securely attached in that relationship and then it didn't and so I, I don't know like i again without going into too much detail because you can read about it in my book um that that was kind of you the to most buy it exactly <laughs> yeah like that was the most painful thing for me is that it's like i <laughs> fought my way to the top to become primary partner and like now yay i'm number one i'm the queen of the hill as it were but now instead of feeling more secure now i have to like make sure i maintain my title and no one can threaten it and so now i'm extra stressed making sure that no one's like horning in on my primary title. So that was what it was for me, is that it went essentially from like one type of insecurity to another type of insecurity. It didn't actually solve the problems for me.
1: Can I just say that I find it really impressive that you are choosing to uh, talk about like your struggles with that thing in general? Mm -hmm. Because from my end of it, which I was involved in this to Mm -hmm. a degree. Yeah, yeah, you were attached um, to that. Yeah, I I saw it all from your and my partner's standpoint of him wanting to keep you primary and therefore, like, get your other partners out of the situation. But I'm sure that you also had things involved in that, like your own insecurities and your own challenges regarding that. And so I guess I just want to applaud you at being able to look at yourself and how you entered into the the promise of hierarchy and what it would mm. give you, and figuring out that that actually wasn't necessarily what you ultimately needed.
0: Well, Chuck, thanks for the compliment. <laughs> um, I do my best to examine myself. Well, but it, I mean, I don't yeah. know. It taught me such an important lesson that I now try to convey to my coaching clients, like especially my coaching mm-hmm. clients who are very specific about like, I really want to find a primary partner or I want this relationship to be primary that I really, instead of telling people like, no, you can't have any hierarchy that's toxic, that's bad. Uh, I kind of just tell people like, instead of chasing after the label of primary, like like do some reflection on what, what it is you're actually looking for. Like, mm-hmm. is it I want this particular partner to spend more time with me? Is it I want to be able to bring this person home to my parents? Is it like, I want to feel a kind of like mutual love and affection and care from this person. And once you figured out what it is, you actually need, like go after that, you know, don't go Mm -hmm. after, I need you to call me primary. Um, so I think that was the biggest lesson for me from that whole experience.
2: So the next question we have is, can you think of any moments where a hierarchy served you well, or that was a positive thing in your life?
0: yeah and i think it relates back to that same experience that like the day (laughs) it's so silly like the day i finally earned that title of primary it was like i was it was like my coronation day you know like (laughs) like the moment that like that particular partner finally told me that that's how he felt about me and he used that label like basically for that day it felt awesome like i felt like Oh, this is so great, and and it's just going to be all wonderful from here on out. And like again, like I don't have to feel insecure, I don't have to feel worried about anything. And then, like basically after that day, it didn't really feel secure or safe anymore. Um, hmm. But I mean, in other relationships that I've been in the past, like that were more, I guess, casual, non-monogamy or more open relationship, uh, where other partners were more casual. Like, sure, hierarchy served me in the sense of like you know, it's nice to be the partner that gets shared on Facebook, on social media, or that gets to meet the parents. If you're in a context where it's like, I'm going to have one important emotional relationship and then everyone else is going to be casual, like, yeah, it definitely served me in those situations um, because that's definitely a very clear power dynamic. And when you're on top of the power dynamic, like, then it feels really good.
2: Hmm.
1: Interesting. Uh, Jeez. Yes?
2: Well, can you can you think of... Any um, what am I trying to say? Any particular like types of relationships where you think hierarchy is necessary?
0: It's necessary.
2: Or is or or is the, the, the best choice to make?
0: Yeah, that's that's a really interesting question, the necessary part, Um, because, again, I like I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I always come back around to like, is there any way that you can get what you want in your relationships without needing to put it into these categories of like this one's primary and this one's secondary? Um, And I, I feel like around this particular topic, a lot of people bring up like, well, what if you like have kids with someone? Surely that would be your primary and again, I like to ask people to examine that, too, because it's like, well, not necessarily. I mean, I think it is definitely important that if you're going to choose to have kids with someone, it's with someone that you feel like you can trust who's going to be a good parent and who's going to be committed and who's going to entangle their life with yours in this way and be there for all 18 years, regardless of what happens between your, you know, the relationship between you two. And um, let's be
2: honest, usually more than 18 years. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Um, In this day and age, 18 years
2: is the minimum.
0: <laughs> right. So I don't know. With that particular situation, I'm kind of like, if the only way you can assure that your partner's going to stick around and take care of the kids is if you label each other's primary, like, I, f- I feel like that's a little bit of a red flag if that's the only way that you feel like you can trust your partner. But maybe that's a little bit inflammatory to say. Um, I just mm. kind of feel like, you know. I don't know. I feel like I don't I don't want to ramble on this too like too long because the two of you are going to get asked the same question and I want the <laughs> two of you to add to it. But but that's my kind of thing. I, I I think that definitely being clear about your priorities and being clear about your commitments, whether that's raising a child or owning a business together or owning property together or something like that, like being clear on how that falls into your life and what expectations and obligations are there is important. Um does it need to be strictly codified in every single situation within the realm of non-monogamy at least? I'm not sure. I don't know.
2: Hmm. All right. Interesting. Interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so I think that a lot of people will see the three of us and like expect or think certain things and specifically with the two of you, I. Uh, You live together for a lot of the year. You go on trips together, Mm -hmm. um, do a lot of things together, and and kind of present as a couple that is maybe potentially hierarchical. Even though I know that you've just said that you try to employ Mm -hmm. a non hierarchical or more relationship anarchist viewpoint. Um, So what what is that like? What do you? How do you sort of? just justify the way in which it may look from the outside mm-hmm. um, and how that kind of works into your viewpoints of hierarchy and what it is or isn't to you.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely have a lot of, there's a lot of things to unpack here, but my first question is going to be a question back at you, um, <laughs> which is from the outside, how can you tell someone's not in a hierarchy?
1: Well, um... I I think that that's a very difficult thing to see., uh, but I do think that when people are in specific types of situations with friends or with people that they may sleep with or may have a relationship with, uh, or someone that they are very uh, already established with, I think that there is an interesting dynamic that can or cannot play out between, those established parties and those who are not. And I guess I uh, have seen moments where the established parties may seem way more into each other or way more willing to be uh, touchy-feely or, or uh, speak to one another over those who maybe they have a relationship, but it's not a relationship that is one of many years or one Mm -hmm. of a lot of like depth even Mm -hmm. um and so i guess from that standpoint like to me if i would view those two things in tandem and happening at the same time my brain would say those two people are more important for Mm -hmm. for lack of a better phrase Mm -hmm. that they are more um that they that they care more deeply or or just maybe just have more time right. and more history than the other the other people. And right. so, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It, I guess that that's that's the only way that one that one could potentially view that. And obviously, if you have multiple really established partners, like I have never met Alex, for example. Mm, so mm-hmm. I've never been in a situation where the three of you are together, mm. and I haven't seen how, like, that uh happens right right
2: um yeah,
0: well, yeah. So, well so i think what i was gonna open with is the fact that like i've gotten this question like both from you emily and from other people like people ask me like is jace your primary and the thing is like i only like the question comes in waves i only ever get it if i've spent at least a month of my time with jace and then i start getting that question Like, nobody asked me that question when I was, like, living in Istanbul for four months. And, like, nobody asked me that question, like, when I'm living Mm -hmm. with Alex, you know? And so that says to me that, like, I think from the outside, we associate the person that you seem to be spending the most time with must be your primary partner. And I think it's a little bit tricky in my situation since I move around a ton. And so, like you know, when I'm in town, you know, like I spend time with Jace and I'm not spending a ton of time like dating other people necessarily. But then when I'm not around Jace, like either I'm by myself or I'm with Alex or I'm having my own adventures. And, you know, when I'm with Alex, I'm spending most of my time with Alex and not like spending Mm -hmm. a bunch of time like dating other people. Um, And so, you know, I think that the interesting thing is that like, in order from the outside to look like you don't have a hierarchy, if time spent together is the only indicator, then I think it gets into, like... Then it starts to get into a thing of, like, I need to start logging hours and telling people, like, no, 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 don't worry, like, you know, I mean, I just spent, like, three months with Jace, but I'm about to spend three months with Alex, so, like, don't worry, it's all going to work out equal, and then it starts getting into a balance sheet. Um, And so, for me... Well, and really,
1: like, that's not anyone else's business, but yours and all of yours, yeah. And so,
0: that's the thing, is, for me, is that, like, I check in you know i specifically like when i'm spending time with jace like try to check in with other partners and then kind of vice versa to like still you know still do radars and still make sure that everyone's feeling okay and everyone's getting what it is that they need um and i think that honestly for me and jace specifically i've and i mean you'll jace you'll have your own opportunity to talk <laughs> about this but i feel like Because the fact that our relationship didn't start out as, like, monogamous at first and, like, very primary and then opened up and then tried to transition into, like, less hierarchy, because it didn't start out that way, I think that's given us more flexibility for that to shift and change back and forth a lot. You know, where there's, like, parts Mm -hmm. of the year where we're spending all our time together and traveling together and then parts of the year where we're not, um, and there's space for both of those things to happen within the shape of that, so... So, um, so I guess that's addressing it from how it looks from the outside. And then from the inside, I mean, in my own experience, like, again, I'll, sorry, I'll let Jace, I can't speak for Jace's experiences, but from my own experiences, like, I don't feel like I'm trapped by a weird hierarchy because I felt very free with both of my partners that like, Mm -hmm. if I want to go take a trip with Alex or live with Alex for several months that like there isn't like a cap on that and vice versa. Same thing that it's like, if I want to spend three months with Jace, there isn't like a weird arbitrary cap on that from Alex. And with both my partners, there's like talk about the future. There's talk about life entanglements, but there hasn't been a very relationship escalatory sense of like, we're definitely on this trajectory towards like marriage and kids and retirement. And like, no one else can get in the way of that. Um, at least that's been my experience. Unless Jace is holding on to some kind of secret plans that I don't know about, or Alex is holding on yeah. to secret plans I don't know about, but as far as I know, that isn't the case. Um, yeah. So no, that yeah. makes
1: a lot of sense because I think yeah, I I think uh, I've heard people uh, question that, and myself included. But mm-hmm. it really does come down to like that that the two of you have established. Or, or the three of you, you know, not necessarily Jason, Alex, but, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. with each of them have established the fact that you're not uh, keeping the other person from doing anything that they want or don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is sometimes with hierarchy, there can be that idea that like, well, I do have say over your life in mm-hmm. a way because I am, you know bonded to you in this primary sense Mm. and the difference between that and what you're saying I think is huge so I I I get a better understanding of I think where you're coming from perhaps
0: yeah and I mean I I think for me like um when we had Aggie says on the show and she talked about the sneakyarchy thing you know like that definitely really inspired me to be constantly examining that like like do Mm. I fall into some kind of sneakyarchy stuff like and especially for me it's like If I'm suddenly feeling insecure or I'm feeling threatened by someone or I'm feeling upset with something that a partner's done with another partner, like for me, it's examining like, okay, is this just like my own bullshit? Did they actually do something wrong or do I have these kind of hidden expectations that I'm like entitled to my partner's time or something Mm -hmm. Um, or entitled to, you know, and like, it's uncomfortable to examine that, but really, really important for me, I've found. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think I'm um, right. I think there's I didn't cover absolutely everything because I think JC should also speak to your experience, but uh yeah.
2: All right, well, thank that you so much great. for joining us on the show today, <laughs> Deducker. <Don't care. laughs> <laughs> oh, my
0: favorite word is a Japanese word. Um Oh, right. Yeah, we yeah. didn't ask all those. <laughs> no, <colors. laughs> okay. What is it? What is it? What is it? Oh, what is your favorite word? F- fushigi. Fushigi. It means like it's like mysterious. Mm-hmm. Fushigi like mysterious or unknown. I like it a lot. Anyway. What
1: is your favorite curse word?
2: <laughs> we already did that on a we different episode. We already did episode. that,
0: exactly. We already went through this. Oh, what? Shit. Yeah,
2: you, I forgot. You yeah, remember that? Yeah, a while ago. Yeah, where yeah. we we did a similar thing. Mm-hmm. So joining us next on the program, we're interviewing Emily Matlack on her oh, views God. and experiences with Hierarchy. Thank you for joining us, Emily. I feel Thank like we you. Need, Thank you for having me today. Yeah, we the
0: studio audience be like, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Thank you. <laughs> just quiet down, everyone. Okay. Um, so let's start us off. Can you give us a definition of hierarchy?
1: Yeah, Dedeker gave a, a good one. Um I'd like to it it seemed a little negative, mm. the the one that you gave. Mm. And so I'd like to maybe just say that hierarchy is um the decision that priority will be placed um in on certain things. And I think that hierarchy can be like career related or a track related or Mm -hmm. something, not just a person. So Mm -hmm. I think hierarchy um, is the decision of the individual to place emphasis or time on certain things over others to give priority to certain things over others. And that can be negative or positive, but it is the decision of the individual at the end of the day.
0: Yeah interesting yeah yeah so what kind of hierarchy or not hierarchy or whatever uh, do you currently practice in your life right now
1: so I think for all intents and purposes I am monogamous at this point in my life that may not stay that way forever but at this point my nesting partner and I who I've been with for almost four years um made the decision this year to, like, take a step back from dating other people and kind of refocus on each other. Um, And so clearly, like, he is a priority of mine. But I also spend a huge amount of time with the two of you and this podcast, well, and an our al- other podcast. <laughs> you're in an a legally and- binding
0: contract with us. So Exactly. <laughs> so therefore,
1: you two are a big priority of mine. I think my friends are a big priority, and my work like, is a big priority, trying to fit in shows, trying to fit in, you know, I'm going to Shanghai later in the year, and that will become a huge priority in my life. And I'm it- it very busy, and so I try to keep all of those things almost equal. I mean, obviously, like I live with a person, and I'm not dating anyone else. But I still make a lot of I try to make a lot of times for my friends as well. And for other relationships in my life, including with the two of you. Mm. And you know, I have like one day a week that I spend with Josh, really. Mm. And we have like a whole day together. And then the rest of the week is me like running from one thing (laughs) to the next. And that's it. So Mm. When I look at that, I'm like, well, yeah, I guess he's the priority, but like I try to call my mom Mm -hmm. every other day and she's a big priority. So it's interesting. I I think, yes, like hierarchy can be that, but I'd like to think that I've done a little bit of relationship anarchy Mm -hmm. in terms of like me really making the choice to. I have the things that I want in my life to be priorities and Mm -hmm. not just focus solely on my romantic relationship as the only thing that matters.
0: Right, right. That's
2: a great example of -hmm. of applying, of kind of taking more of the abstract concept of hierarchy and applying it and combining some relationship anarchy stuff, like you were saying. That's really interesting. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that being said, I still think that I could do better at it. I still think I could call you guys more on non-business related things. Yeah. And I think that I could call my friends at home more often than once a month, for example.
0: Yeah. I feel like we all could yeah. do better at it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, sure.
2: <clears throat> so now to, um, to take things to a sensitive place. <laughs> Can you give us an example of a painful experience that you have had with hierarchy in the past?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, Really, like things came to a head. I think around the time of the book, the book like chronicles li- the lives of Dedegar, <laughs> yeah, Jason, and Emily. The chronicles of the life of, and times. The chronicles of <laughs>
0: yeah. You mean like as in yeah. the times that I was writing about in the book?
1: Indeed, yeah, okay. yeah. Yes. Which was which was around the time that this podcast was was kind of in its conception Mm -hmm. and, uh, coming, coming to fruition. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that, yeah, those times in general were, uh, really life-changing and pivotal just because I know that all, all of us were forced to kind of examine what hierarchy meant to us, see how it was deeply affecting Dedeker with a relationship with Brad. And then I felt like it was deeply affecting me because my, Um, I was choosing to spend a lot of time with Josh, because it kind of felt like an escape from Mm. the things that were occurring in my relationship with both of you and Brad. And so I think that that all was challenging. But then also, uh, you know, we all like had difficult things and maybe made mistakes and all of that stuff regarding that. And I know that I used, I used him as an as an escape Mm -hmm. in essence because i felt like i was losing
2: jace in a lot of ways as well Mm -hmm. is can you can you think of an example specifically where hierarchy was was involved in something painful or negative about that rather than just Um, the whole situation being shitty
1: yeah uh i think i think i felt like the hierarchy that I felt like I potentially had with you, Jace, was shifting away from me to Mm Dedeker. And that my hierarchy was no longer established in the way that I had thought it was, and therefore I was finding uh, a person who I thought would place me first.
0: Well, I think... To be honest. (laughs) I think that's so interesting. And and I think a lot of these things are a lot easier to talk about now that it's been, you know, so many years years, after that. But because like what I saw on both sides of that situation is I feel like, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Emily, if I'm totally off base with this, is that. Like, in Emily's situation, it was that sense of, like, I'm not getting what it is that I need in this particular relationship. And so I'm kind of trying to find it elsewhere. Um, Like, Mm -hmm. it was kind of that sense of, like, the thing that hierarchy had been providing suddenly wasn't there, which was very much connected to needs as opposed to, like, Mm -hmm. a label or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Versus, like, on my side of the situation with my partner Brad, it felt more of, like hierarchy being used as a weapon and like a tool of control you know and so it was almost kind of like there are these two very different conversations about hierarchy and relationship formats in general that were just kind of happening in parallel um, yes and also all changing up in each other
1: yeah which I think yeah I mean it, it kind of was the pivotal moment in a lot of ways in all of our lives and has led us to where we are now which is very interesting
0: but just here on this podcast
1: <laughs> yeah I'm <Yeah>, here <laughs> with are. all
0: y'all listening to it yeah, yeah exactly well let me ask like what were the moments that hierarchy served you well and I think also outside of that particular situation that it could be since then and before then as well
1: well, honestly there was a moment in time where I felt like the four of us in in some way like kind of, were hierarchically equals mm. and and I know that maybe that's like a pipe dream or just like me being silly but but there was a point in which Brad was like you know let's have a place in LA and a place in New York and the four of us will be able to like travel there mm. and do things there And be able to just like live as a group and be happy. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a point in which I really was like, that's going to happen and it's going to feel great. And all four of us are really going to like be able to benefit from that. Mm -hmm. And so I know that that's not like necessarily hierarchy taking over, but I think it was a sense of like the four of us against the world. Mm -hmm. And again, like this was for the briefest of moments, (laughs) but it did happen and it did feel like a real possibility in that moment and maybe that's what like polyfidelitous Hmm. quads or triads feel like is that they have this sense of like a unit that occurs that they will be you know fine with and that that nothing's going to change that Hmm. and maybe in that moment I felt that way It was short-lived, but (laughs) here we are.
0: No, I feel that because I think I remember feeling the same way. Also, that like for this brief period of time, it felt like really balanced and like really well functioning. And and I think the the irony being that I think a lot of you know, the conversations that came out of that experience, they like I said, like they were things that had to happen in order for all of us to examine a lot of our beliefs and thoughts about relationships. Um, Totally. And but after us going through that examination process, I feel like something like that it's much more likely to like happen again like if that happened again like some kind of quad or something like that happened again that felt really balanced and good there now there'd be much more of a chance of success having sorted out through beliefs and assumptions and expectations around not just hierarchy but polyamory and partnership and sex and stuff like that but i think yeah. that was the thing back then is that like there was kind of a taste of it but all of us had a lot of unanswered questions a lot of unexamined stuff oh, yeah. to go through that unfortunately we may have thought, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, we may have thought we knew all the answers, but in reality, like we didn't know shit. No, that's (laughs) (laughs) at least that's how I feel. I feel like, oh my god, I know so much more now Mm -hmm. than I did back then, and I could have made much better decisions. But yeah but that's okay
0: now i have a theory like i think jason and i've chatted about this a little bit I have a theory that like everyone hits that point when they're exploring polyamory that it's like once you get past the initial like rocky period and you're in your first six months to a year when it's actually kind of starting to flow and starting to work like i think everyone hits that point of thinking like oh i know everything and i figured it all out and <laughs> i'm like enlightened teenage like high school phase. exactly exactly like yeah. everyone thinks at some point that they know everything and then it all comes crashing down again and then they're like oh actually I didn't know anything and then they build themselves yep. back up again um
1: <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> my they theory become consciously competent uh, eventually but it takes a while yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you have to
2: become consciously incompetent,
0: incompetent. first incompetent. exactly yeah. well, honestly, <laughs> I think we're still kind of we, we still balance the, the incompetence <laughs> with the competence <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't think uh-huh. we're ever going to oh, 100% yeah. get rid of it <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: I doubt it so, so Emily, I'm going to ask you now the same question mm-hmm. uh, that you were asking Dedeker. So, you know, you were talking about taking more of this relationship anarchy-inspired look at your different priorities between your friends and your family and, and your partner Josh. And yet, if anyone was to look at you from the outside, they go, mm-hmm. ah, well, Emily's with Josh and she's not dating anyone else, so mm-hmm. obviously this is extremely hierarchical and she's always going to choose him over me. She's always going to side with him over me. She's always going to prioritize her time or any important events with him. Do you like, how, how do you try to still employ a, a sense of not defaulting to that hierarchy when you are in something that from the outside similarly looks very much like the typical hierarchical, this person is the only person who's actually important in my life.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to pretend like if I had a big trip or if I had a big uh, thing with my family members or, you know, a concert or something that probably the first person that I would ask would be Josh. Like that is that is the relationship that I'm currently in. Um, I'd say for certain things and my time, my like everyday time and my weekly, monthly, like the time that I give, that I think potentially is more along the side of relationship anarchy in terms of like the the actual blocks of time but in terms of uh, other things like big trips or or family or whatever yes absolutely Mm -hmm. josh would be the person that i would ask Mm -hmm. and i don't i don't pretend to hide that i don't think Mm -hmm. i and i don't in in the relationship that i'm currently in i don't think that i have to apologize for that i don't think that i have to feel bad about that Mm -hmm. i think that that just is what we are doing and that's the place that I am fine with being in. Um, you know, in contrast, like, I also go on uh, elaborate trips with the two of you and don't <laughs> do that with him. So, you know, That's I true. also get to, like, have my You don't, you don't my go time. on tour
0: with your boyfriend?
1: <laughs> no, I haven't yet. And he hasn't wanted to come. So from that standpoint, like, yeah, right. I'm, you know, there, there, are, there are things that I do with him and things that I do with you guys. And... The two don't necessarily meet, but, um, but there's a time and a place for for the things, the decisions that we make, and the types of relationships that we have.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of actually something else that Aggie says said on the solo polyamory episode. Um, that uh, you know, of course, there's always going to be the debate of like, is hierarchy good? Is hierarchy bad? What kinds are good? What kinds are bad? Um, mm-hmm. but she said, you know, but really, it comes down to like like just kind of having a basis of ethics and consent yeah. um and i think that is the thing is that like in your situation or in many people's situation like you know a lot of people that i know feel very strongly about like no nah, this is my primary partner i know i have a very clear hierarchy and you know i think that's okay just as long like like everyone else who engages in your life has to know about that and has yeah. to be able to consent to it has to be able to kind of give an informed consent to how they get involved with you, and I think that's where Absolutely. like the this, this sneakyarchy conversation comes in. Is like if you haven't disclosed to a new partner or someone like what your obligations are, what is your quote unquote allowed or not allowed to do, that that's you know a recipe for disaster. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much, Miss Matlack. Yeah, for... you didn't <laughs> ask me
1: the. Do you think that a particular relationships or oh. hierarchy could be a good thing? Do you have the a good thing answer that for I it? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, like, children relationships that I know that like a lot of some parents, like, I never experienced this. But when I was a child, like, my mother put me ab- above mm. and ahead of everything else. And I, it, I never had a father growing up. So maybe like, maybe that relationship, if they had been functional, would have been more hierarchical. But But I think when you have a kid, like, they, in essence maybe should be first yeah and so that hierarchy like to me is established and the thing to do and that is okay
0: yeah well i think it's interesting because i mean i've met people who identify as solo polyamorous for instance like they're not partnered they're not looking to be partnered but they have kids and they're like yeah these kids are my primary partners <laughs> you exactly know? um yeah And I think it's the same thing that, like, let's say even if you chose to co-parent with someone that you're not involved with romantically or sexually, like, let's say you choose to co-parent with your best friend um, and you still have a romantic partner that, again, it brings up those questions of, like, well, who takes priority? And it's like, well, the kids take priority. And then you kind of sort it out after that, I suppose. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. but that wasn't
1: said before. So that's okay. the that's the
2: relationship that I think does take precedent.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah. I okay. kid. Relationship. I've been
2: thinking of the question more in terms of like what types of romantic mm-hmm. relationships. But that's a great no, point. That makes sense. To, makes to look sense. at that but a I little more broadly.
1: I didn't only talk about romantic that's relationships. True. <laughs> that's true. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Well done.
2: Okay. Okay. Round two. Name something
1: that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club.
0: To get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping code M U L T I. So,
1: Jason, it is time.
0: Yeah, the interview chair is all warmed up for you.
2: All right. Yeah, cool. Okay. Oh, this is a comfy chair. It's Mm, so warm. mm, Yeah. Wow. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, Mr. Lindgren. (laughs) I guess uh, I'll start us out. So, go for it, Mr. Mr. Lindgren. What is your definition of hierarchy?
2: <laughs> um, gosh, I mean, the the two of you have given such great answers already. Oh. I, I think it's it's interesting, and I think that part of the problem with the word hierarchy and the way that it's often used is the fact that it does apply to a broad range of things. Like Emily put it in terms of it's kind of your priorities of certain things over other things. And... Yeah, uh, that's absolutely like on a hierarchy of things like I like, you know, pizza more than oh I more than I like pasta, <laughs> right? That like you could say there's a hierarchy and uh. if given the choice I'm going to pick pizza over pasta, right? Over spaghetti specifically. Let oh me my goodness. let me clarify. Anyway, so I I feel like it, it gets it gets a little bit tricky when we start looking at it so broadly like that. And so for the purposes of how I'm thinking about it, I prefer to think of it more hierarchy in terms of something that's like a system in place that things are kind of locked into. Uh, And that to me is different from just priority because those could change you know our our taste buds are supposed to change every seven years so maybe you know red sauce spaghetti would oh beat goodness. out pizza at some point
1: what never gonna happen <laughs> yeah i know
2: but but it could right it, like I'll, I'll be open to anything um so i think those things can change whereas when i think hierarchy i think more like hierarchy in terms of something that's much more locked in place almost like hmm like a class system that's like very heavily enforced in a culture or like we often talk about with a prescriptive hierarchy, meaning it's a hierarchy in your relationships that you've decided upon with the agreement that this can't change Hmm. or with the assumption often, often that's not even explicitly stated, but the assumption that this can't change. And so we're going to put things in place to keep it from changing. So I think that's kind of more what I think when I think of hierarchy and that's maybe different from just priority
1: yeah so okay what kind of hierarchy do you currently
2: practice right so um for me i have definitely over the past few years like since doing this podcast and talking about these things more and examining these things have found relationship anarchy to be something that really resonates with me uh and part of that part of my my hesitancy at first i think was some of the misunderstanding that a lot of people have with relationship anarchy is the idea that it means everyone has to be equal mm. um and so for me and and we'll probably get more into this later but i i like to sort of use the analogy of our friends um or maybe even well let's let's stick with friends instead of family members because we we choose our friends mm. um of using the analogy of that and that with my friends, I definitely have some friends who given the choice, I'm going to choose them over other friends. You know, if it were like, I've got a vacation, I'm going to go spend that, you know, visiting my friend, you know, my best friend in Washington, or I'm going to spend that like doing a cool trip with Eric in LA, right? Like I have Mm -hmm. some friends who I prioritize over other ones, but, if I'm developing a new friendship or I'm meeting someone new and want to go do something cool with someone say that I just met, I would neither of those friends would say, Hey, you can't do that. Or like, this is threatening to me. So I'm going to stop you from doing that. To me, that's, that's the kind of lack of hierarchy that I like to practice in my romantic relationships as well. Essentially saying that like in the same way, that that it's not like a friend's gonna tell you who you can or can't be friends with besides them, and maybe some friends do this, and I'd say stop being friends with them. <laughs> uh, but f- so so that's kind of my way of looking at hierarchy in my romantic relationships.
1: Mm-hmm. I see that. Yeah, you know, that's great.
0: What has been a particularly painful experience that you've had with hierarchy?
2: Um. Yeah. I mean, gosh, it's so easy to go to the times we've all been talking about, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the book times. Uh, you,
0: you got other times? <laughs> I, I mean, that was so formative then, but... I
2: know, that was so, so formative then. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that... Gosh, I mean... I, I'd say there's a couple things that come to mind. One is specifically in that instance of being in a situation where... I was a secondary partner to Dedeker and that's how that had been from the beginning. And like everyone would say, like I knew what I was getting into and that I understood that. Um, However, there weren't really specific rules or restrictions on what that meant. Um, But then over time, as Brad started dealing with issues in his own life, he started to try and exert power over or place rules or restrictions on my relationship with Dedeker. And that was was awful. That affected me a lot. And I think that when people try to make the justification of, well, but as long as you know what you're getting into from the start, it's fine. I don't think it is because of two things. One is that often it's not like, here's the very clear list Mm -hmm. of rules, but also that person entering into it doesn't know the other partner, you know, their metamor who would be the one enforcing these rules on them or Mm -hmm. potentially the one to try to like exert the power of this hierarchy. They don't really know that person. They don't, they don't have even the opportunity to develop that level of trust with that person. And I don't think they necessarily should. But so I think that it's one thing to hear kind of secondhand, these are the rules, but like, don't worry about it because we're fine and we have a good relationship versus when something comes up and that could be something entirely unrelated to you that's then all of a sudden these things are going to be used against you. Hmm. Um, That that was was really shitty. And then I think also on the other side of that was, like Emily pointed out, because I felt like something was being taken from me, I became so focused on the unfairness of that and how shitty that situation was that I was not prioritizing my other relationship with Emily enough and that we had that label of hierarchy that then, or like that label of primary, that as soon as that primary I think wasn't being fulfilled because there was also a certain expectation there that, that led it to feel like, Oh, well, this is all fallen apart. And, and like Emily said, was kind of like, I'm going to get out of this situation. Mm. Um, so I think on both sides of that, that like having that primary label, may have ultimately hurt my relationship with Emily, but then also Mm -hmm. like fighting for rights as a secondary partner with Dedeker also led me to ignore my relationship with Emily at times when I really shouldn't have been. Mm. Um, Mm. So, sorry, lots of, lots of pain around (laughs) that for me.
1: Uh Yeah. So well, were there moments where hierarchy served you well?
2: No, (laughs) not at all. None. I I think, honestly, I think, I guess I could say it served me Well, right from the beginning just because it felt more comfortable i mm. guess when cuz mm. emily and i were in a monogamous relationship first that we opened up and i think that we might not have felt like we could make that transition if there if there wasn't a hierarchy to talk about and to mm. kind of reassure each other that like don't worry you're always going to be first no. um so yeah i guess in that way maybe it made polyamory even feel accessible hmm. um and allowed us to continue that relationship instead of just like having to, to break up or something at mm-hmm. that time. So I guess I could see in that way that it's, that it served me well. right? Um, maybe as kind of a stepping stone <laughs> to something mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Do you think that there are any particular relationships where hierarchy could be a good thing or a necessary thing?
2: Uh, you know, I was, I was, uh, I would say, (laughs) um, to take it back to my initial definition of hierarchy, I would say no, in the sense that something is locked in and kind of with the assumption that this is eternal and can't ever change. Um, That said... I think Emily's example of parents with kids is absolutely, of course, like, mm. this This child is dependent upon you, like, you better fucking commit to that kid. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's not really a choice you get to make. That's not something you can just change your mind on later. Um, but uh, other than that, though, I think that, that that could also be viewed as more like I'm gonna prioritize this kid rather than needing to label it specifically as a hierarchy. But if you want to, I, I think that's that's fine.
0: If I can play the devil's advocate, sure, though. Yeah. It's gonna make me sound like be like some kids are really bad and but no, <laughs> sorry, that's not what I'm that's not what I'm going for. Is more of but to be fair, even that parent child relationship, that still changes over time. Yeah. You know of course. like and i think sometimes there is a tension there in like once a child actually is an adult and dependent or an independent mm. and able to take care of themselves that there is that tension in that relationship changing for a number of parents of like oh my goodness sure. this person doesn't actually need me anymore mm. yeah what do i do and that there can be tension in parents trying to hang on to that power dynamic absolutely either yeah. from a good place or from a less good place um of you know this is what our roles have always been and like I can't stand to have that change and some people are more okay with it more it's you know finally you're out of the house and (laughs) (laughs) now I get to do what I want for a change Um, right I definitely heard
2: that one less often but yeah
0: but kind of I but I think it's like even though you prioritize kids that is still a relationship that has to change that priority Mm. and that sense of hierarchy there has to change at some point. Um,
2: that's a great, that's a great example. So yeah, so I guess I take it back to like, no, I don't really think there's a sense if we're using my previous definition of hierarchy, which is obviously different than the definitions that either of you gave, mm. like mine's mm-hmm. a little more narrow, I think. So I would mm-hmm. say in, in that sense, no, there's not. But in more of the broader sense, like Emily brought up, which I would describe more as priority, but I think we're talking about the same thing, Then then yeah, yeah. like I would say, I would say children or or just anyone that you make commitments to I think should be prioritized right mm-hmm. like keeping commitments is important whether that's a business commitment or you know a commitment to own property together or to have kids together or toward those kids or, or whatever it is even to even to to you know pets have or animals together. you're taking care of or a podcast right yeah. it could be all sorts of things but yeah. I guess I would still think that that priority makes more sense because it's able to change, you know, hopefully in a health healthy way uh, with communication, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's more able to change than the way I think of a hierarchy.
1: Yeah. I just finally, the question that I posed to Dediger as well, if you haven't really dated a ton um, in sort of the way in which your relationship with Dediger is, has formed and, and lasted for so long, you know, and, and you travel a lot with her and, and go all over the world with her and stuff. And then also uh, come back to LA and she comes with you and stuff. And so all of those things, like how does that play into the model in which you've sort of set up for yourself and your relationship with her?
2: Yeah. Um, that's definitely, it's, it's something that come up and it's something I've realized I think I was taking for granted for quite a while that other people kind of had a similar mental definition of what hierarchy meant to what Hmm. I did and so if I talk about not having a hierarchy I think what people hear is not having priorities Essentially, not having or, or, important relationships. Yeah, or, or not having any relationships that are significantly more important to me than others or significantly more closely entwined than others. And I realize that's been uh, a mistake on my part to not like understand that that might mean a different thing and to be more clear about that. Cause I have had uh, people who I have dated, cause I've dated, you know, quite a bit over the past few years. Um, sure. And. You know, some have lasted longer than others, and some have been more serious than others. But I, I have had a few times where that's come up, where someone's been like, "You say you're not hierarchical, and yet I see how important Dedeker is to you, and how you travel with her, and like, given your choice, you're going to want to spend a lot of time with her." And one of my like go-to tools is to use the analogy of friends. Like I was mentioning earlier, with like, there are some friends who, given the choice, I'm going to spend a lot more time with than someone else. And I don't think that's just a product of how long you've been with that person. For example, I have a friend who I was really, really good friends with in middle school. And we're still friends today on Facebook, but I probably haven't seen him in several years. Mm -hmm. Right. And I would say actually to date of anyone who I'm still in touch with, he might be my oldest friend. Mm hmm yet he's definitely not the one who I'm closest with or who I would go out of my way to go spend time with or stay at his place or invite him to stay with me or plan a trip with him or any of these other things which I'll do with other friends of mine who, you know, obviously still, you know, I have friends who I've known for quite a while now, but so I guess it's not just a product of time. So like first there's that. And I think the same thing is true with, my relationships that in this case, like, yes, I've been with Dedeker longer than any other relationships just because that's how that's worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess just the fact that, uh, yeah, I, I, I think Dedeker is amazing. And Jeez. so, you know, and I really enjoy mm-hmm. my time with her. So like, hell yes, I'm going to prioritize spending time with her when I can.
0: However, mm-hmm. can I actually yeah. share a little bit of my experience? Sure. Yeah. I think and I bring this up because I actually think it's really sweet. Um, If we're ever in LA together, Mm -hmm. um, you prioritize your relationship with Eric a lot. (laughs) Like a lot, a lot, a lot. Like the two of Mm -hmm. you go on dates all the time, like bro dates, (laughs) you know, you have a date to like watch Better Call Saul or to play board games. And often you know, like, like to my experience is even though it's like we maybe like are staying in the same place, but like you're going on dates with Eric, like more often than you're going on like dates outside the house with me. And I don't bring it up as like a bad thing. Cause I actually love it, you know, <laughs> but I think that's the other thing is that like, you know, I think the only person who notices that from the outside is Eric, maybe. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, um, and that everyone
2: else kind of sees romantic relationship. And so they put on these certain blinders of like, well, if he's sure. prioritizing that, that's a different thing than him just spending time with his friend. Right. I yeah. think that there's, there's that a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but I, I did want to say, though, to, to take it back to more of the relationship anarchy sort of thing, and also the lack of hierarchy, is just that at the same time, like I wouldn't accept Eric to put limits on like who I'm allowed to spend time with, and I wouldn't expect that from Dedeker either. Like I sure. wouldn't, uh, you know, that to me wouldn't be an acceptable thing for her to say. Mm-hmm. That said, at the same time, they're both people who I listen to and I trust. And so I am going to listen to them if they're saying, hey, I'm, I feel like this other relationship that you have, whether it's a friend or a partner or whatever, like seems like I'm noticing you being unhappy a lot because of that relationship Again, not telling you what to do, but like I'm noticing this Mm -hmm. thing. I think that's worthwhile to realize because I think when people hear no hierarchy, they think, but what if my partner Mm -hmm. starts dating this abusive person and I can't tell them to stop? Mm -hmm. I think that it's like based on this assumption that if someone doesn't have authority, like in a hierarchical established way, that they're just going to ignore you. and (laughs) and that's go
1: buck wild and [SSSS2] not make good decisions
2: for themselves [SSS2] i also
0: don't even feel like either myself or eric have had any conversation like that with you very often maybe eric has i don't know
2: i feel like eric and i have had some conversations like that
0: about friends or Uh, other partners or stuff yeah
2: about about people that have been dating where Mm -hmm. it's where he's like you know especially if i'm in nre and i'm or if there's like really good sexual chemistry and i'm just like blinded by that there have been times where he's been like hey so like this person like kind of sucks to be around, Mm -hmm. like maybe invite, like just, you know, do what you're going to do. But like, I feel like there's something here that maybe you're not seeing right now because of your attraction to them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's not to say I heard it and was like, yep, immediately going to do that Mm -hmm. because of some sort of hierarchy. But, you know, I did take that into consideration. And I do think ultimately in that instance, he was correct um, Mm -hmm. that there was some stuff I was just kind of ignoring Maybe mm. I was aware of, but just choosing to ignore because I was very physically attracted to this person.
1: Mm. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I guess that wow. that's that's my answer is just that um I, I think it is worth being clear with people that I do have priority people in my lives. And, you know, that's that's Eric and that's you, Emily, and that's this podcast, and that's Dedeker, and it's, you know, obviously my family and it's my brother, and you know, like I have these people where it's like this person needs a thousand dollars like gosh okay I'll, I'll try to get that together to help this person whereas like i'm not going to do that for other friends or other mm-hmm. relationships or like for some of my random cousins and stuff right to even Just even take it cousins. to family right i have a lot of cousins sorry <laughs> the to cousins. Clarify. i have a lot of cousins um those midwesterners yeah <laughs> procreating all over the place oh my yeah, goodness. exactly <laughs> Uh but anyway, I guess just to kinda again put it to like use analogies is the way I find useful to think about it, to be like, yeah, there's priority people in my lives in my mm-hmm. life and Dedeker's one of them, and just because I also happen to like have sex and be romantic with her doesn't make that one somehow different from from the others in terms of what authority I give her over mm-hmm. my life.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure.
2: Or what Sweet. I expect to have over hers. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, well Maybe this helps you all out there because I know this is a thing that people think about a lot and that they ask about all the time and that yeah. they want to the know more about.
0: Yeah, I actually I really appreciate all of us getting to share kind of our slightly different takes on it because I mm-hmm. think that yeah. is valuable to people. I mean, a lot of people definitely in my experience really just want an answer like (laughs) tell me is it good what is that tell me should i do it or shouldn't i do it how do i do how do i do it how do i not do it you know and of course we can all have opinions on that on what's going to maybe work out better for you or not but i think it is also valuable to talk about the fact that like first of all we've all messed this up numerous times uh we all have kind of landed in different places and we're also all learning and shifting and changing and figuring it out as we go along um and so hopefully, if you're listening to this, uh, this offered some insight for you, wherever you are.
2: Yeah. So we would also love to hear from you. What have your experiences been with hierarchy? Has that changed over time? Have you had any of these sorts of, you know, life-changing, <laughs> paradigm-shifting experiences like it seems like we've had? Uh, we would love you to be in, in involved in that conversation. And the best way to do that is to share your thoughts with other listeners on this episode's discussion thread, which we have in our private Facebook and our discourse forums that are available to our patrons. You can get access to these groups and join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com multiamory. In addition, you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram and join the conversation there. You can email us at info at Leave us a voicemail at 678 multi 5 or you can leave us a voice message on Facebook. Multiamory is created and produced by Emily Matlack, Dedeker Winston, and me, Jay Slipgren. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh Anonin from The Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.